Um, <laughs> this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Vin Diesel brand microphones. Do you need a microphone to handle the lower register, extreme lower register of someone like Vin Diesel? No one can catch my voice except for them. Then you need Vin Diesel microphones. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we're gonna write some funny ads. Talking movies and having a bliss. It's the Beated Podcast. It's the Beated Podcast. It's the Beated Welcome to the Beat It Movie Review Podcast. Uh, I am Joe Cabello. I'm here with Chris Asoto. What's going on, Chris? Hey. Would up? you would you believe that I just came up with that ad on the spot? That was great. Yeah. Nailed it. I did um, it. And uh, that's because, of course, we are reviewing Bloodshot today. Um, we we just we literally just saw it. We both watched it. We both were um, good consumers, and we both bought it. Yeah, that's true. Even though we both watched just one copy of it, just one, yeah, we did the most <laughs> honest bit of uh, like screen sharing and like file sharing that you could do. Both people bought it, but then played it off of one unit. That's how you should do it. Yeah, everyone purchase it, then just share the viewing with one. Yeah, I had to make up for last week, so I had to think. Uh, like when I was a kid, I would. If my friend had a video game, if I was going over to his house to play it, I would uh-huh. buy the video game myself because it's only ethical that to play the game, I also own it. That's how really? serious I am about this. Yeah. So, that's, uh, a, <laughs> that's if you're going to be serious about movies, that's what you do. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to be getting into Bloodshot, which is very fresh on our minds. But uh, let's just jump into anything of note that we've been watching. Um, especially in these times I've been watching a bit more than usual, but still, uh, uh, let's, let's start with you, Chris. What's up? Yeah. Um, I know one thing that I watched that I know you watched was, um, that Netflix movie that we were talking about last week with the prison. Oh, the platform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw the platform as well. Um, yeah. yeah what'd you think of it? Uh, it's cool. It's like, I thought it was like a, well done kind of like a indie horror thriller weird kind of a movie yeah yeah weird uh genre yeah to, to box it in as but it was uh did you watch it on in english or did you watch it with subtitles? <laughs> I, did, I did watch it in english <laughs> me but too I but it's really good with subtitles oh the subtitles okay were completely different than what they were actually saying in English. That makes sense, but like, were they different in a in a way that you would really suggest people watch it with subtitles? They they both made sense. It's just they were saying things in different ways. But nothing was lost but, in translation. Yeah, you think? Nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Because yeah, I just watched the English straight, and it, it, like from the get go, the voice actors were really good. So mm-hmm. I was. I was fine with it, but um, I yeah, I thought it was so cool how they basically did so much with one location. They were yeah. able to make like so many different uh, choices that were interesting by having kind of the the three different uh, inmates that he was with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it never felt like it was boring or like dragging on. Yeah, because that's really the hardest thing, even thinking about writing something like that. It's yeah. like, how do you not even get bored like writing it? Like, okay, these people are in the fucking cell again. Is one person going to kill the other? What? Like, Yeah, but it, it yeah. does a really good job setting different conflicts. Yeah, it's almost like it was, like you're saying, with the three different cellmates that he had, it was almost like three 30-minute episodes of like a mini movie yeah i could see it like uh you could make it a series for sure yeah like follow different people um but then this this movie does have more of a an ending versus a show i think would just be constantly life in the platforms yeah uh, which does sound sick but seems kind of like sad as well <laughs> yeah 
um yeah i was a huge fan of that movie um so that was cool also we saw another movie together um satanic panic oh yeah yeah i watched that digitally over the airwaves um and that was a movie i also really liked um how did you ultimately land on that movie i liked it too yeah i thought it was it was very it was like a fun horror movie that very similar to uh snatchers like we were watching yeah there seems there was some similarities we were catching as we were watching it too in like i guess in tone Mm -hmm. just it was like very light-hearted horror yeah like very dire like the situation is dire but it's very light-hearted um the kildo is the one thing i'll say that you have to watch it for (laughs) Yeah. a dildo that kills that's a, that's all i'll say it, it does appear in the movie i feel like that basically tells you what kind of movie it is the fact that there's a kill though yeah that pretty much sets up everything you need to know and, and uh, yeah exactly and everything is practical so there's a lot of different effects um that i think just will make me want to watch a movie will make me a fan of a movie is knowing they do practical horror effects that's yeah. like a big sell for me it looks so good and i i just rewatched guyver as well the first one with mark <laughs> hamill and yeah, awesome. you, you know the movie just really survives so well based off the effects like me and uh andy watched it and she was just not really going to be that into it she knew it was going to be like a shitty <laughs> fucking whatever comic booky movie um yeah. which it is but then she was really like into it the whole time just because the characters and the suits which are just done so well that you can't help but like want to see them do more stuff yeah the costumes are so good i remember i know in at least in guyver 2 i haven't seen the first guyver in like forever but more recently i saw the second one <clears throat> but, which uh, is which is definitely regarded as a better movie and i think it is too but um i was surprised going back to guyver one like the suits and the fights even hold up more than i remember yeah yeah because the costumes were still just as good i think it's just uh it was the tone and choreography i think of the yeah. first one that's a little too off but then the second one is a much more adult i actually don't know where my dvd of it is i think i might have sold it Oh really? I have it. I still have it on my Amazon wish list. I've been meaning to buy it again, but yeah, yeah. the it's like an R-rated Power Rangers, basically. Yeah, that's a good way to describe like, it. The the monsters, but the monsters still they look so much better than like a Power Rangers monster. Zoa Lords and Zoa Noids. Yeah, Zoa Noids. Oh man. Yeah, everybody's like the kind of a different is so animal. Good in it too. Yeah, there's a lot more like slight gore in the uh in the second one but the first one um when mark hamill transforms into a creature because he gets infected it's pretty horrific (laughs) it's like so slow and you see him just like in pain as his face is stretching it's done really well yeah i'm kind of a sucker for that i feel like anybody can watch a movie like that or even um dark crystal the original movie which i i want to say it's not a very compelling story it's a pretty basic story but Mm -hmm. because you're seeing all these awesome puppets it's so worth it it's so interesting yeah actually i haven't seen that one since i was like a kid so i don't remember it too well i need to rewatch it yeah i know that netflix show came out too that's supposed to be really good yeah, and uh, I had rewatched the the old one like maybe six months before the Netflix show came out, and it just uh-huh. it didn't hold up to me. the The show was a little bit more dense and interesting, but yeah, the the original movie is just a pretty simple quest. Okay, like a lot of the fantasy movies of its time. Yeah. Uh, what else did I check out? Um, oh, uh, Mind's Eye. It's a Joe Begas film. Joe Begas is the VFW director. I think I talked about oh, that okay. before. And it's one of his movies before that. And it's basically like these uh, telekinetic p- 
people get hunted kind of the same way like an x-men would or something like that and then two of them escape one of the crazy doctors um but it was it was pretty cool uh just it has joe vegas does such a good like 80s throwback type of tone whether that's what he's going for or not it just feels like every one of his movies could be plucked off a vhs shelf you know that it just like nails it and this is like that and it's just about telekinetics so there's a lot of uh you know psychic gore people's nose bleeding and you know melting people's heads apart yeah it looks really cool yeah i kind of want to check out all his movies i did watch some of his uh movie before vfw bliss but i didn't really like it i couldn't finish it but yeah he, he i like his mentality as a filmmaker just shoots high concept stuff the best he can with this really uh cool look that i really vibe with yeah um but yeah those i watched i rewatched a bunch of movies too this week but those are the main main, new things i really wanted to hype up for people Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely check out some of those how about you anything else yeah i think um i talked about like dispatches from elsewhere last week right did i talk about that uh, which remind show. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe okay. you. You either talked to on there or off air. So give a brief recap. What's going on with that now? Uh, no, I, I oh, I must have talked about it then. Yeah, because I think the newest episode is out and I haven't seen it yet. That came out this week. Um, but I did also watch the first four episodes of Devs. Oh yeah, so I'm all caught up too. Um, okay. how are you liking it yeah. so far? Uh, it's it's cool. It's it's pretty crazy how much it is just like um, one of uh, gosh, what's his the director's? Um, oh yeah, Garland, Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Yeah, it's just like hour long episodes of his movies. Yeah, it's really crazy how. Yeah, it's it's a really everything. nice. It turn. looks really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's pretty cool, pretty cool show. Kind of very weird and t- totally an Alex Garland <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, and it does a lot of. It's another like. It's obviously got a high budget, but I feel like a lot of what it's doing, sci-fi wise, you could do for very low budget. But it's still yeah. like evoking these really crazy ideas. You know, just like gold shimmers for a computer that's. Uh, computing really fast you know like that's they're just in a room of like gold walls and like holy shit this is a fast computer like (laughs) you could do that yeah yeah the only the only thing uh i think is kind of funny with the show is that the the like main henchman guy of nick offerman Mm -hmm. he just like is not scary enough i feel like well, he's not very good at what. Yeah, because he he's not good at what he does, but somehow he's like, not fucking up bad enough to be a complete fuck up. Yeah. But he just—it's like, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah, I don't know if it's like—is <laughs> it just that's how hard it would be in real life to do the type of espionage, violent shit he's doing, or does yeah. is he just kind of a game? It's just like in reality, it is messy and and hard to fucking deal with on the spot yeah it kind of seems like i don't know which it is but uh maybe as the show flowers further we'll kind of get a better sense of that guy but yeah and he's also kind of a an actor with a comedic face a little bit yeah yeah the the main actress is really good too yeah do you know her from anything else i was i just know she was in um ex machina Oh, okay, I actually haven't seen that? that. No, I know I haven't. So I know her from that. She's uh, she's been in a couple other things, but mostly small parts. Um, I've never seen Maniac. small parts. <laughs> Got them. Uh, did you ever see Maniac on no. Netflix? Okay, Maniac Cop is that uh, a prequel? <laughs> Unrelated. Yeah, it's before he becomes a cop. He's just a normal. Yeah, maniac. just a maniac. Yeah. That checks out. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's it for me for what else I watched this week. Cool. Well, uh, before we get into Bloodshot, um, maybe let's just talk about the state of movie going right now uh, and kind of our thoughts on the digital releases that they're doing and how we both purchase Bloodshot. So basically with the coronavirus, the um, theaters have obviously shut down. So they're releasing all the, not all the new releases, but a bunch of them are being released online a lot of them are for rent for $20 and then something like bloodshot came out purchased for $20. So, um, general thoughts on like those prices and stuff, Chris. Yeah. I think 20 bucks for a rental is pretty harsh of a price, but I think that if it would be different if there wasn't this, um, like social distancing quarantine kind of stuff going on and you could actually go to your friend's house and all rent it and watch together. Yeah. That's the thing is like, like you're then, definitely not going to rent together. Yeah. yeah. No one's doing that right now. So 20, 20 bucks for a digital movie when it comes out, that's totally fine. But yeah, to rent, I don't know about that. Yeah. And I could almost actually see a certain movie where I would pay $20 to rent. Like, if it was a movie yeah. that was super important to me. Um, yeah, it's like if Fast and the Furious yeah. still came out. Actually, like, totally. That's a movie 20 that's 20 bucks to rent. I'd be like, no problem. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever Marvel movie comes out, easy 20 bucks. Yeah, maybe for me. I don't know if with that, I, I'd have yeah. to wait now. But even like a Star Wars movie, I might have to wait now. I just oh, have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think there could be an option for that. But I think a $10 rental for new movies that were supposed to come out, even like the movies they weren't really banking on making a lot of money coming out in those months, mm-hmm. throw those up. I'd probably rent them for 10 bucks a month. Like I can afford two and a half of those just with the lack of AMC bill, the Stubbs yeah, pass bill. That's so, true. But uh, especially twenty bucks if it's a movie I'm into, like Bloodshot. Um, no regrets buying it at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then <laughs> I want that option. But yeah, I'm not sure how sustainable the twenty dollars is. But then again, like I saw the hunt in theaters, so um, that's the only movie that's come out for twenty dollars rent that like I haven't, I really want to see, but is uh is out on digital. So I don't know. Cause I already saw Emma and everything else. That's, you know, at the $20 price point, um, the hunt's the only one that would kind of test that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, we'll see how kind of the next set of movies unfurl over the next couple weeks. But, um, I just want to devour more new movies. So fucking help me waste my money. <laughs> Except now, yeah, unfortunately, now they're all pushing pushed back. Yeah. So they yeah. don't have to release digitally. Which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy about in some ways because I do want things to go back to normal, obviously. I think they will, and I want the movie theater experience to be something that continues, you know, as we go back into the normal world. I don't want that to be lost. Yeah, well, the original release date... I think this Friday, um, A Quiet Place 2 is coming out, right? Oh, yeah. They, they pushed that one indefinitely or whatever. But yeah, that would be a movie that would be nice to see at home. It's coincidentally A Quiet Place 2. I would probably, uh, I, I would probably end up being uh, doing $20 rental for that. Yeah, definitely. That is when they start recording and listening to this and charging me $20 immediately. <laughs> they're like, okay, Joe. Every time they're like, thanks, Joe Camillo. <laughs> this is consent. For your guidance on our price model. Um, well, let's get into our review of Bloodshot. Let's talk about it. Um, so Bloodshot uh, didn't do a lot of uh, research on the movie or anything, actually. Uh <laughs> Cause we just kind of <laughs> threw this together to be able to um, watch it at the same time and all that. Um, so I don't know much about the director or anything like that. All I know is when I see a Vin Diesel movie, I show up. 
What about you? Uh, I feel like I agree, but at the same time, I did not see that new tri- newest Triple X movie. Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't see it in theaters, so. but I did end up seeing it. So yeah, okay. maybe you're right. Maybe I don't show up for all Vin Diesel, <laughs> but I am a Vin Diesel fan. I do think he's a star. I think people don't give him enough credit just because he made some bad decisions with some roles. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge Vin Diesel fan. I think this movie also proves how good he is. Yeah, and uh, you know, he did show a little range in this movie. I feel like he was more angry than <laughs> in the normal Fast and Furious where he's more just like quiet and cold the whole time. Yeah, well, I mean, and to like he's the the movie itself is not very complex or original or anything, but it's very yeah. interesting because he's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like he just has charisma that makes you want to continue watching it, even though you're just kind of like, all right, this is one of those stories. That's, um, I mean, that's why I watched the last witch hunter, right? Is yeah. Only for him in it really. Yeah. Just cut out everything but the Vin Diesel parts. Um, but overall, where'd you land on this movie? I thought, I thought it's all right. Definitely didn't feel like I wasted my money or time watching it. But I don't think it's like amazing or anything. But totally a movie that you could like rent and watch on a weekend with some friends, hanging out. Yeah, There's you know, good action in it at least. Watching it at the same time was probably a lot more fun than watching it uh, privately. I will say yeah. that. So yeah. I wonder if I would have the same feeling having spent, you know, a couple hours going out to the theater to watch this movie. I think I <laughs> might have liked it less, but also I think there's there's a lot to it that I think is worth seeing on the big screen. I think there are some really cool sequences that maybe uh aren't part of a whole that's really that interesting, but are interesting in in and of themselves. Um, So yeah, I'd say it's like, it's tough. I enjoyed myself, but um, I I could not healthily recommend this movie to anybody, Mm -hmm. especially like for them to drop $20 without being a big Vin Diesel fan. Yeah. I, cause I could definitely say it's better than the last witch hunter. (laughs) <laughs> on the last witch hunter scale yeah um, not better than any fast and furious i don't think no not at all he's it's funny because like it, he likes to show that like oh in real life i'm just like this dorky dude or geeky guy with i like to play D and stuff like that so i'm curious like and in his instagrams he just seems like he's like really goofy yeah, and uh, we watched some interviews, um, like yeah. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel interviews, and he's just so goofy and lighthearted and like flamboyant. That's why yeah. I think he must be such a tremendous actor to be able to <laughs> be like exactly. truly this flamboyant guy and then step on screen and be like, I'm going to avenge my father. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the same guy who is singing show tunes in the Uber over here. <laughs> I don't you, take you need Uber. You need to do a Pacifier 2 sequel. You know what? I think Pacifier, after seeing this movie, might need to revisit with the context that he's the same character in this movie. But this, <laughs> <Blood> <laughs> shot, the, uh, this movie is very reminiscent of like early 2000s action movies. From mm-hmm. the plot line to just the um, almost generic action sequences. <laughs> um, yeah, the the characters are all like the hacker guy, the boss, the asshole other employee that's like always a dickhead. Yeah, the sexy girl who's in love with uh, Vin Diesel. Like yeah. it's all that. And what I find super interesting about this and we we're talking about as we we're watching it was like oh this is such like a a tropish cliche movie but then about halfway through or maybe not quite halfway through you know the the big reveal is made that a lot of Vin Diesel's memories were fabricated and they were fabricated in a cliche way by someone who loves movies 
but it it doesn't really absolve the movie of doing those things like it it's just commenting saying hey weren't we so bad with our movie and then never like (laughs) never gives you anything better after that yeah that's true it's just that it's like you know man you gotta also like if you're gonna have that premise you have to let us know you're playing it and play it like really big uh and then you You don't know how to at least yeah make it seem like a critique or a a blowing out of proportions of the same idea um so yeah i thought like (laughs) i don't know what they're trying to do or what kind of tone they're trying to hit with that because you can't have your cake and eat it too like that yeah yeah even the opening shot he's like in the military gear he breaches that building he throws in like a like a flashbang and it does this slow-mo thing that's straight out of like dread yeah and it's when you breach that door and it's and they're hitting the slow-mo drug oh yeah yeah. they're blown like that's literally the same shot with the two yeah, guys. And it's and a very cliche situation of, you know, a military guy barging into a, a a den and, and taking people out. Like the and the whole thing is very cliche, down to him, you know, uh watching his girlfriend die in front of him, which is classic fridging, which I don't have a huge problem with like some people do. Uh just like the overuse of that trope i think it can be used good but then it's used you know pretty in a whatever way here but then the movie just like admits yeah that was stupid because the programmer in the movie programmed it that way to be stupid it's just like no make it good yeah i'm not sure but you know it's all based on a comic so Maybe this is like literally the exact comic how it was. I believe that it was, and I think that's probably the problem too, because <laughs> the uh, the comic itself is probably written, you know, with the same older perspective or something, like an unchallenged perspective. I'm not sure when the comic was released. Do you know anything about the comic? Um, I just looked it up. It looks like 1992. It was created. Okay, so it's yeah, it's from 1992. So early 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah like you, you're gonna get early 90s, because um, even uh, the bad guy who kills the girlfriend like does a dance entrance to Psycho Killer, and I was like, <laughs> man, this is so like on the nose. And then later they comment on it too. They comment on that fact. Like they just comment on the dumb shit that they do and never offer a better solution. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but also along with that, I kind of like dig all of that stuff. Like <laughs> I dig every part of what's going on in this movie. The workout montage when he, uh, Vin Diesel slowly realizes he has powers and starts lifting higher weights. That's my jam. Yeah. Yeah. We were during that scene. We were talking about how uh, I just thought, Everything he was doing, he was lifting heavier and heavier weights. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I thought Dom could do this easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I love about the Fast and Furious lore is uh, Vin Diesel supercharged in this movie is just as powerful as human uh, Dom. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. It's uh, It makes you want a crossover movie. Yeah. I want Dom to meet uh, <laughs> Bloodshot, Bloodshot. <laughs> or whatever. Gray. I don't know what his Ray, name is. Ray Garrison, I think. Ray, yeah. Gray. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's just as powerful as Vin Diesel's other characters, which uh, the top of that pyramid is the pacifier. He's The <laughs> pacifier is super OP. Uh, the, he is the most OP. <laughs> And, you know, this guy, Vin Diesel, always plays characters who are just so so basic, but in the best ways. You know, just a basic good guy. Like, I'm going to yeah. avenge things. Family. I'm going to come back home and see you. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so about that life. You got to love him. 
But he needs to do a movie where he's just like a creep. I would love to see Vin Diesel in Uncut Gems too. <laughs> where it's just the same story of Uncut Gems, but <laughs> played again. Yeah. <laughs> just a different guy, but it's the same things happen to him. <laughs> yeah. It would one... be the relative. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to see, like, he takes over the jewelry shop, but the same thing happens to him. Um, the Some of the action pieces, like the flower truck scene, that I actually thought was really cool. So he, he crushes, crashes a flower truck into the bad guy he's going to, you know, hunt and kill, which causes almost like it's snowing, but it's all flower. So... <laughs> Uh, it yeah. gives like a snow battle scene. Um, what did you think of that? Yeah, I th- thought the visuals for that scene were the best of the whole movie, I think. Although like red and blue and then there's, yeah, it was like it was almost everything was ashy and smoky, but it was, it was flower. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. It kind of reminds me of The Last Jedi, how they have that battle of crate, which looks like it's a snow battle, but it's all salt. Yeah. Um, where it it you're able to kind of have the benefits of the look of a snowy battle, but not have the other bullshit, you know, where it has yeah. to be snowing, it has to be cold, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, and the actors are freezing the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like, how do? That's the one reason why they did that entire. I don't like to be cold. <laughs> the cold makes me shiver. It's like a Morgan Freeman, Vin Diesel <laughs> mix that time. It's... More because you're talking into the mic, so it sounds like a narration. It's it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, that that whole um, was probably the shining action sequence of it all, just because of uh, of that. When uh, the the best moment is he's trying to get into the bad guy's car, and. <laughs> Uh, then uh, what, explain the sequence of events with the lock doors to me yeah yeah he's he's like do you think he can get inside or something and he's like no no way and like he like makes a smiley face on the window and then walks away to grab a body and put a grenade and pull a grenade on the car and as he's walking away the guy inside the car locks the door <laughs> But he was already, like, at the door, right? Yeah, like, is it, like, is he just lucky that Vin Diesel didn't try the door handle? And, and, it, and it was, like, before that, they were he was killing and fighting all the guys outside for ten minutes. Yeah, like, if there was and, ever and, an opportunity to lock the door, it passed. Uh, yeah, that, that part was, like, there's a lot of moments in this movie that are a little bit like that moment in... It's like lack of making sense for just the purpose of making a joke or a small moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that one's like, oh, it's funny that he locks the door, right? Because he's so scared he locks the door. But it's like they didn't really think that it's implying that the door wasn't locked. And then that makes Vin and Diesel's character look stupid. The entire time that it wasn't locked. Yeah. But like, was also worried he would get in the car. Because actually, I'm sorry, before that scene, too. Vin Diesel, like, puts a grenade on the hood to destroy the engine so they can't escape. And that during that entire time, none of them thought, maybe we should lock the door so he doesn't get yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, there was... You, or, and how about even before they knew he was going to attack? Yeah. Hours before they get in the car, they're like, hey, they're, we're going to go on a car ride. Maybe convoy. we should just lock the door. Yeah, it's like, if you're in a convoy... And you're trying to escort someone out, you would lock the door of the yeah. car and the person is getting escorted. The least you could do. So the movie does so many moments like that where it makes these choices that kind of undermine itself. Um, but I think that's kind of what makes a movie iconic for me. Like when I go back and watch Bloodsport, it's not because it's a particularly great movie, it's because it has a lot of moments. Some of them feel accidental, but it makes it interesting. And I don't think this movie will ever be as good as Bloodsport, <laughs> but, uh, but I do think it makes search it, it online, You might get it confused and watch oh, it on that. Yeah. 
Bloodshot, Bloodsport. Bloodsport, Bloodshot. Enter. Either way, you'll be happy. Um, and I did think um, there's some, uh, what is it, motorbike, I guess, stunts. Not stunts, but action sequences that seem uh, pretty cool. I like anything with motorbikes. Uh, the bad guys in movies always seem to be riding, like, dirt bikes and shit. Yeah, yeah I was curious, because, like, he did he help produce Hobbs and Shaw, Vin Diesel? I'm not sure how much of a part of it he was. He's like a part of all the Fast and Furious stuff, so I was just kind of assuming. But I guess The Rock maybe is more of a producer for that one. I just was curious that he didn't get a memo like, hey, there's this motorcycle on Hobbs and Shaw that's way cooler than this. Yeah, yeah, that uh, and, one that drives uh, itself. And yeah, it's like its own transforms. character. Yeah, it's it's true. I don't. That's the thing. This movie doesn't really give a shit about um being different or better than anything it's just like no i'm here i'm gonna be this movie actually what bums me out about that scene was like that that character seemed like he was the most interesting the uh the blind character oh yeah so let's just recap that real quick yeah vin diesel's um crew that he becomes a part of has a guy who's blind so now has like sniper type cameras it has a guy whose legs were blown off so he has um robot legs and it has a girl who something happened to her so she's breathed through her neck yeah she has like this vent in her (laughs) chest to help her breathe properly and like the uh the head scientist has a robot arm yeah so those are our our guys um, who end up, you know, they're going to be the villain to Vin Diesel. Um, but they never really do the thing that they probably should do. You know, like the like. <laughs> well, like, there's so many things that don't. I'm just. I have questions about, like, the in the movie, they give Vin Diesel these nano machines so he can regenerate his health and his body. But for some reason, they don't give those machines to any of the other crew. The loyal can. crew. The loyal, loyal crew they don't they need don't to worry about. They don't have to brainwash every yeah. day to have them kill someone. But who seem like if they had the nano machines, they would be fully capable of I, destroying anything like Vin does in the movie. I have a headcanon for that where <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they couldn't. It takes destroying someone's memory and stuff like that to do it so none of them yeah or like they have to die and there's not a high chance that they could come back and they somehow ended up reviving him even though most people don't survive or something like that yeah Yeah, i'm I'm sure there's something that we missed we'll get it in the novelization of the movie (laughs) which came out in 1992 (laughs) (laughs) it's old um but uh those yeah so what i was gonna say about the sniper character is that his tech was the coolest and i was just i wanted more of that stuff I was it like, never got used yeah it really never got used when he's on the bike he wears this like headgear, and i was like oh that looks really cool but like they used it for nothing basically yeah, they show it once in the POV scene of him driving, or like, you know, several two-second snippets. But it doesn't even seem that useful. Like, it doesn't give you information like, oh, there's a car in front of you. Great. You either see it or yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah, and the, and he basically just sends up drones that give him, like, a vision from the sky. But they, ha- they have such great technology, like nanomachines with wireless, like, capabilities that they could not have that character and just use we hacked into a satellite here's what's going on live feed and yeah okay yeah yeah like a satellite would be fine yeah we have google maps a satellite is fine yeah and like that's there's a weird thing with that where they're not really using his ability which is like enhanced vision and stuff in a really interesting way and the leg guy doesn't have 
doesn't get used in an interesting way. And when he does get an upgrade, he gets metal arms. So it makes no sense. So they're really weird. And I'm wondering, like, is the movie trying to subvert the expectation of these things? Because it's earlier made its commentary of the cliches. But then if that if that's even true, which is probably giving the movie more credit than it deserves, that doesn't lead to a better product. Also, is the message that, like, Vin Diesel is the ultimate soldier because he has nanomachines to regenerate himself, but an ex-blind soldier and an ex-soldier that's an amputee are useless? Yeah, is that the politics of it? Yeah. I don't like those politics. It's messed up. I don't like it at all. It seems very leftist and... Yeah, like, all the the characters with some sort of physical disabilities are all the bad guys, basically. Yeah, I don't like that. Not one bit. I'm gonna write a letter. (laughs) In blood. I'm gonna write a letter. In blood. Um, yeah, this, uh, overall, like, and then it, it, we find out that the, the love interest, you know, also had been away from it with him, or, uh, broken up with him for five years. So she was never real. She never died. So this movie gets you emotionally attached for a reason that's not even true, but he, the reason is cliche. So even as much as you are attached, you're kind of like, all right, this is kind of cliche that the girl, the wife or girlfriend was killed. But then you never learn anything about him after that. This is the first movie where you actually know less about the protagonist after the movie's done than before. (laughs) You start to know less and less as it goes on. Yeah, that's interesting. Like the only memories he has of his previous life, is it just that fake memory of his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend? That's it. And then like that memory is not true at all. And... Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting when he goes to see her and she's like, you know, Oh, I last saw you five years ago and we're separated and I'm seeing someone else. It would be, it's funny. She's like, yeah, you hit me all yeah. the time. <laughs> you were and I left you because you're a piece of shit. And he's like, well, I was, I was. He could have been like the most terrible. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about himself. Yeah. That's the weird thing about the movie is like at that point, then you realize, oh shit, like everything, every reason we knew about this character we were rooting for him isn't (laughs) true. So am I actually rooting for him? It's really strange because you don't know anything else by the end of the movie. His life might as well have started when the movie started. Yeah, the, and the first couple of action scenes is him, like, killing these scientists that helped make his, like, tech, but didn't want to, like, they wanted out, and then the main scientist didn't want them to, uh, like, survive. Mm, so when he's yeah. killing those people, you, at the end, you, you're just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. That guy, that innocent guy. Or... Yeah, just these, <laughs> these tech guys. These nerdy-ass defenseless yeah. dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's a very oddly odd moral and like odd journey of the movie. I've literally never really experienced a movie where you know less about the main character at the end than you <laughs> did. It, they just chip away at reality of it. Um, so in that way, it's a really interesting movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is PG-13, and I feel like it kind of shows. I think it could have done with the R rating because of how like cheesy and... Um, just kind of a cliche this movie is it needed more sex needed more tits like just go all in (laughs) if you're gonna be this cliche and this like um, such a stock action movie let's do it you know yeah definitely especially if it's a character called bloodshot bloodshot age of deadpool and stuff like that it's like blood rain Um, do you remember that one movie that with the the box art or the poster art was like a crazy looking um, girl with like 
as textile makeup or something. It's just like post-apocalyptic, like yelling up into the air. It was like red and white. Um, it was like a post-apocalyptic movie that went to theaters in like 2009 or like 2000. Oh, um, that fucking, that one with Rona Mitra that we saw in theaters. I know. Where it was like every sci-fi movie in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's um, like a, a sci-fi, a post-apocalyptic on. movie. It's everything all at once. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It was every fucking movie. Doomsday. There Doomsday. You know. This movie is also <laughs> Doomsday. Like Doomsday happens, or this movie uh, uh happens in the world of Doomsday. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I'm pretty sure is what this movie is all about. But we love it. Doomsday deserves a rewatch. It does. (laughs) Well, let's get to some final thoughts of this and then uh, wrap it up. Have a tight little episode for everybody here for this uh, COVID times. Um, So any final thoughts about the movie or things you wanted to address? Um, Well, one thing I want to talk about was like, you know what it, it reminds me of uh this there's this game that came out i think like two or three years ago called the surge and uh it's like a demon souls dark souls-esque style game but it it's like about the future and people use exoskeletons mm-hmm. and there's like this like techno virus thing that makes everyone insane that have these like robotic implants and so they kind of like turn into these mindless zombie people with ju- huge hulking like exoskeleton suits mm-hmm. but uh like the the villain with the arms the extra arms and stuff that all that like all those visuals really reminded me of that game mm, i see yeah it does remind me of certain like that's where it got its most anime-esque and also a little video gamey mm-hmm. like some kojima yeah, style like art and stuff edge of tomorrow kind of stuff yeah and even a little bit of alita battle angel type of vibe um i'm always into that uh if anything it could have used a little bit more of that yeah i agree because i i don't know if that final battle sequence between the guy with the robot arms and vin diesel oh yeah is exactly yeah the that's the battle sequence actually we should talk about is the the guy gets extra arms so he's like Dr. Octopus, but with only two extra arms. Yeah. And he's he thinks the entire fight like, oh, I can beat this guy. But it's like he has nanomachines that heal him from anything. Yeah, he'll and even he like put, push him off a ledge and say, let's see if that kills him. Yeah, it won't. Like, yeah, it won't kill this. him. You've seen him explode at this point. like. Yeah, and uh, the fact that like the arms seem to operate in a way where he has to move his regular arms oh, yeah. to use them for the majority of how it works. So really, they're just like a foot longer arms than his regular <laughs> arms that are also robots, Like, which is still really good, but it's not great, especially yeah. versus a guy with nanobots. Yeah, who's already stronger naturally. Yeah. <laughs> Has... He, yeah, when he like first fights him, he's like, "Check this out!" And the arm like shoots a spike out and then sucks it back in. And it's like, he's like, "That's my idea." And I'm just like, and then he never ideas? uses it. <laughs> yeah, he never uses. So, so this movie just like it sets up an expectation that even if it's cliche or cheesy, you're like, okay. But then it doesn't uh, land on anything. So in yeah, that moment, like... he's like, yeah, I made this spike thing. It's my idea. So you're like, oh, shit, that's going to be the thing that put gets him in trouble. Nope. And also, it's like, well, does the spike have, like, an EMP or something? Because he's been shot with hundreds of bullets, and he's fine. What is the spike going to do? Yeah. It's not going to work. Like, and we've, <laughs> It doesn't do anything to, like, pay off anything it sets up. It just is like, here's yeah. a bunch of things. <laughs> so bold um well let's get into uh any double feature ideas we don't have a lot of time to think about it but um just thinking this is vin diesel this is 
this type of movie, I mean, it's really hard to. Well, I mean, you said uh, you brought up Doomsday already. That's that's probably a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, you're fucking overloaded on action movie cliches and tropes. Um, but for that reason, it might be worth it. Any order you would say to do them in this I'd one first say or second? This one first, and then Doomsday second. Yeah, that's when you really decide to go OD on a uh, on action movie <laughs> shit. Uh, that second, it's like. Movie. Uh... Man, it's so, because it starts as like a sci-fi alien-style squad movie. Oh, actually, it starts with a virus outbreak, so that's topical. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they quarantine an entire like city, so they have to go into the city. They're wearing these suits, these like spacesuits. Then they get captured. Then it turns into a fucking Mad Max, like Thunderdome style movie. Then they escape that, get captured, and it turns into a medieval fantasy movie where they have to fight in like a fucking arena with knights and shit like that. And then I think it's like a race. It's like a like it's like Death Race three thousand. Yeah, Death Race movie at the end. I think I have to rewatch this tonight. (laughs) it's a mistake but i have to do it (laughs) yeah i think that's a great double feature idea um i don't know if i could top that in a in a big way but um let me see uh we got vin diesel in a and and blood pathogens and being a hero we have amnesia you know what i'm gonna say you're gonna watch this and then memento that's the double that's that's the double (laughs) feature for this it's it's like bloodshot if he didn't have superpower mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty much the same movie that's true so that's the double feature if you guys want to um uh check out uh the patreon at patreon.com slash joe i've been releasing uh my audiobook for free as a podcast on there so donate any amount and also my comic book robot black belt champion that is free right now at the website, robotblackbeltchampion.com, and you can get it for free. Chris, anywhere we could check you out, check you out or anything you want to plug? Um, no, not really, no. Everything's pretty slow since work from home is kind of taking over. We're dead. All we're social dead. stuff, yeah. I'm going to find COVID, and I'm <laughs> going to make him see his maker. I'm going to treat him to a knuckle sandwich (laughs) what (laughs) alright that'll probably be the end of it another movie review podcast at least it's better than a car crash and we're gonna write some funny ads talking movies and having a bliss it's the beaded podcast It's the Beaded Podcast